And we are about 23 hours after kickoff of last night's game, but I mean, still just as pumped, at least I am. I know you all are too. What a game to have witnessed. Um, you're listening to Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken, and we're going to break down the entire victory against Montreal last night. Um, Sam Kasner, I'm joined by Joshua Morgan and Michael Black. Um, John Lee, unable to be with us today, but um, I know he's pumped at the three points too. So what are y'all feeling today? I'll let you go, Black. <laughs> you know, I, I'm still just excited as y'all are. I think uh, you know, at this point, we're seeing DC United coming off a five-game unbeaten streak, including three wins over teams that are in a similar place in the table to us. It's it's an exciting time to be a DC United fan. You know, you watched that game yesterday, and the entire time you felt like it was a team that could go out and seize the victory, which has been all too rare occurrence over the last few years. Uh, you know, again, we'll, we'll acknowledge that Montreal was a, a bit depleted. They had a goalkeeper making his first start, but uh, you know that, that was a fun team to watch and a team that created and uh, I think really deserved the three points yesterday. Yeah, I'll say we're a bit depleted as well, so I'm not going to give them too much credit. (laughs) Yeah, I I think going into this, I saw this as as two teams that were, you know, kind of similar in in the sense that they were being managed by new managers. Wilfred Nancy has been with Montreal for a while, but he's finally taken over and given a chance, and and he's proven well. Montreal were on a tear and were in a playoff spot before last night, and and both teams kind of punching above their weight, and and I was interested in seeing it. Now, kind of looking back, it feels like it was inevitable that DC was going to win. They've they've been on such a string of, I mean, not wins, but I mean, there's two now. But uh, it kind of feels like the momentum's moving in the right way, which is a stark contrast from from when I did the show uh, before this this nine game stretch or nine day three game stretch, uh, where we were talking about, oh man, we just lost to Cincinnati. These next two games are going to be harder. Uh, we might be ruining this, and, and and then we end up winning the last two and still getting one point off of Cincy away. It feels good. Yeah, no, it feels really good. Um, so DC United are unbeaten in five with three wins, two of them away, I believe. Um, and I like this stat that Black pulled as well after this weekend. DC United are sixth in the table um, with 27 points and 27 goals scored, which is more than the 25 goals scored Um last year all season so (laughs) we're already doing really well right as black said it's such a fun time to uh, be a dc united fan right now and you know yesterday's game i felt like we was always in our hands it was always ours for the taking and we absolutely took it well we weren't we weren't leading the whole time but yeah their goal was was always within reach a shross shross against their run of play (laughs) uh that kimpin's probably gonna want back but uh yeah you mentioned we're we're above above the playoff line but we're also like three points from second place or something or three points from third place it's it's absolutely a tight race and we're we're in contention here um because we keep beating the teams around us in the standings and that's that's been crucial for I don't know, this playoff push, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's still about <laughs> mid-season. But. I'm going to have to make a compilation of me at the beginning of the season, just like hyping up Lasada and y'all being like, I don't know, because it's, it's been so fun to watch. Uh, there's been there's been times to pump the brakes, but right now is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> she got black. And, and you know, it's I, I'm going to pump the brakes as well, because you know, <laughs> obviously we have this table. We're going to keep an eye on it. We're going to you know, continue to provide updates on that throughout the season we've still got what 16 games left 
it's a little early to live and die on every result around us. You know, I think the, the point you made, Joshua, about beating the other teams around you in the table is a much more important thing than where you are in the table. Uh, as long as you're, you know, handing out, frankly, as long as you're putting up three points, you're going to be in a great situation. Uh, but you know, to, to beat folks who are in a similar position to you, that's a lot more valuable than saying, "Oh, well, if we had just had one more win, we'd be in second place right now." Uh, Aside from the Revs, the Eastern Conference is, is wide open. Uh, the Revs are kind of running away with it with 40 points up there. And, you know, if they were to keep that up, they would, I think, be close to setting a, a record pace uh, for the season. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. But everything else is to play for. Uh, and, you know, talking about playoff expectations, I know Sam had the uh, the most positive take on it at the beginning <laughs> of the season. But, you know, we heard from Coach Lozada in his press conference this week talking about, uh, what his expectations were, and he said himself, you know, the goal is not to make playoffs this year. You know, they'll certainly take it. You know, and uh, they're not going to intentionally throw away a spot or anything like that. But you know, his goal all along has been to get this team you know, playing the style that he wants them to play, to get it to be an identifiable style that people know what they're getting, and you know, a style that's difficult for opponents to play against. And we're definitely seeing that. So while the playoff uh, spot may be a while uh, into the future we're definitely seeing that that style that DC United wants to be known for. And that's coming at a great time to uh, gear up for this last half of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I see John in the comments saying um, that we're a lot better right now than he thought we would be at this point in the year. And I think that's a, a general consensus among the fan base. Um, and you saw that a little bit yesterday, right? Um, Montreal score off. I don't know what word you said earlier. A Joshua. It's a shot plus a cross put right. together. Yep. Uh-huh. So that <laughs> happened. <laughs> and um, there, there definitely was a couple moments when you thought, okay, if Montreal really sits back in bunkers, that's going to cause a problem for DC United. We've seen that problem happen throughout the season. Um, and I think getting that goal before going into half was critical. Um, I still think Montreal like would have been happy to leave at the point. They could have done whatever with their halftime talk, but I thought that, getting that goal before they could go into the halftime and talk about how they're all just going to basically stand on the goal line. Um, I thought was really important. Yeah. Goals change games no matter when they happen, but uh, right, one right before halftime and, and you kind of felt like D- DC United needed that because yeah, teams, teams have come out and, and caught us on the counter and then bunkered uh, and then stolen all three points. And it was good to see, you know, a, a little bit more quality and, and a little bit more determination tonight and, and getting the points back. So, yeah, I love this one, too, because you've got Andy Nahar rising up for the header and then kind of slapping hands with his teammates, but going and celebrating with the coaching staff. And you uh, absolutely love no, to see not, it. Not just the coaching staff, but his boy, Frutito, yep. or Frutus is, is the coach, and they call Andy Frutito. Uh, there was a great piece by DC United this week about his story and how basically they convinced him to come to DC with him. Uh, they knew him over there in, in Belgium. Uh, which is just a weird, uh, weird mashup that, you know, DC United, <laughs> maybe that was a factor. I don't know, but it's worked out great. And really, I think extra time even admitted it, um, that that Andy Nahar at the right center back position has, has been a revelation, probably one of the biggest in the league. Uh, he's been so good there and it came out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. Black, unless you have anything to add about that first goal, I'll let you kind of tee up the second goal because it was also definitely one that we needed at a great point in the game. Yeah, the, the only thing I'll say about the first goal is 
to Joshua's point, goals do change games because that first 15 minutes, DC United was very much on the front foot. And yep. I think they were unlucky to already to not already have one at that point. But between then and when uh, the DC United goal occurred, you know, Montreal started to settle into it a little bit, started to feel a bit more confident. Uh, and it was certainly a, a more uh, more even back and forth there. Uh, and then you know, you had, you're going to have ebbs and flows throughout the game, but uh, that was definitely against the run of play and uh, served to, to definitely make it more interesting and interesting in a bad way for DC. United <laughs> fans, but fortunately, it turned out the right way. Great point. Yeah, and then that second one, Kamara just takes at the top of the box. I think it gets crossed over to him, um, and he just kind of takes a curler right out, which is beautiful and yeah. made Joshua a little bit insufferable in the stands. I'll let you have your moment now, though, because it's, it's deserved at this point. No, we, we've seen that his first goal ever at, at Audi Field and for DC United was uh, like a quick turnover, and then he bends it from way far out against Red Bull, and, and I think we've seen it a couple more times since. If you can get him the ball there, he's going to put it away because he knows how to finish, and and. Uh, I'll, I'll throw out, we probably will hit this later, I, I will, Tony Alfaro gets the assist on there. I think he had one of the better games of his you know, career that I've known. Um, and, and, yeah, it, it was beautiful, and, and that's what Ola can do. And now he's got ten goals. He's got, like, nine and nine games or something. There, there's a bunch of, like, weird math because his minutes have been managed, and we can talk about that more, too. But um, I don't know how you can not be excited about that game-winning goal uh, from your striker, your number nine. Uh, I know you're all sweating about that, but uh, <laughs> it's looking like he's coming through now. Yeah, he makes it a lot easier for us to uh, overlook the fact that we didn't really make any moves in the transfer window. And uh, as long as you know he starts keeps averaging a goal a game, uh, it's going to be very hard for anyone yeah. to get too upset about that. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. Um, so, yeah, I think that's all the, the major highlights, those being the goals, right? There was obviously a lot of other things that happened during the game, and uh, we're excited to get into them. But first, we're going to head over to the press conference. We've got the audio of that for you all today, and we're going to um, hear from head coach Hernan Lasada first. Coach, congratulations on the three points. Thanks, Alec. All right, we'll go right to questions. We'll go to Steve Goff. None. Thanks for your time. Um, team's in a good place right now, it seems. Could you um, discuss the, the form and the confidence that your team is playing with uh, the last few weeks? I think it's built on a lot of sacrifice and hard work, uh, Steve. I don't think we need to forget uh, from where are we coming. That's why my my... My quote number one during this press conference will be feet on the ground, keep on working, still 16 games to go. Was an almost perfect week for us having two games on the road and taking four out of six and finishing the week with three points at home. Uh, we keep on building up that home reputation at Audi Field with our fans, and that's fantastic. And I think once again, um, the victory is very disturbed um, based on the amount of uh, opportunities we have, uh, based on our energy and high press, who gave us a lot of opportunities to score. I think we, once again, there was a lack of efficiency because we, we had a lot, a lot of moments where we could score uh, goals out of those high pressing moments and, and we didn't. Uh, the goal of Montreal comes from a lucky moment. It's, it's, it, the guy wants to play across, and and finally it, it comes on, on the far post of, of John Kempin. 
and still you come zero one behind on the game and the, the team stay calm, relax, and uh, keep high speed circulation. We used a lot of energy during the first half. That's why on the second half was more choosing the right moments to press and falling back more in a medium block like we did it in Columbus, even playing at home because we were running out of gas. It was a matter of uh, finding the right moments to to bounce back. And I talked to Ola during the, the halftime. Yeah, he was playing a, a, a poor first half, but still I knew and I was 100% sure that he was going to have that moment that a number nine under full of confidence that like him uh, will have. And, and he was very cool blood to, to finish that, again, that very good high press moment that we had collectively. First is Josep Mora, and it's even Tony Alfaro pressing from a centre-back position to win that ball back and, and, and finds Ola, who got that extra second to, to put the ball on, on the back of the net. So after that, we, we had the game under control. Uh, Montreal didn't create any single moment of danger, and you feel that this team is getting very mature and, and knows how to close games. So against two straight opponents for us, fighting for that last spot on the playoff, like Columbus and Montreal, we could, we could take um, six out of six and we are very, very happy. So now we have two days, Monday and Tuesday, to reload the batteries. Uh, again, a normal week, try to recover some bodies and, and, and keep focus for the future. We'll go to Pablo. Pablo. Uh, and not, uh, I'm going to ask you a little bit more about Ola. Obviously, nine goals in nine games. Had a goal tonight that was really well taken. Um, this from a player who contributed maybe more sporadically for the past year and a half. I wonder what you think, um, what sort of qualities have made him more successful this year, more consistent? Um, what have you seen out of him generally? Uh, I'm sorry to correct you. His, his 10th goal, goal number 10. And... I think he started six games, or this was his seventh game out of uh, out of 18 games. So if there is something to, to get better from Ola's side is his fitness. I'm very happy that he could complete the game today with 90 minutes, and his efficiency based on the minutes he played is, is amazing. So for a player who only scored four or five goals last season, he already have 10, and he's uh, a key player for us in our team. Uh, on paper, Ola is the only true number nine that we have. It's also the only nine that right now uh, is fit in our in our roster, and that's why we take care so much of him, and, and we always try to have a good communication to control the loads during the week and try to make sure that he's fresh for the weekend, but super happy with his performance, and and let's hope uh, Ola and the rest of the team keep on performing this way. We'll go to Jason Anderson. Uh, hi, Arnon. Thanks for speaking with us, and congrats on the win. Um, I wanted to ask about uh, a halftime adjustment. It looked from the press box, at least, like you made uh, with Ariola and Paredes switching sides. Um, what were you looking for in making that adjustment? And, and, I mean, it looked like it paid off, but was there anything in particular you were looking for out of them? Well, we tried to do that already uh, after 30, 35 minutes in the, in the first half. 
Uh, we needed an extra man in the midfield because they started the game in a 4-3-3. So they had a, an overload and an extra player on the midfield. And that's why we dropped um, Paul on the left side to press on, on uh, Piet, uh, his captain. And so we could uh, press high and have a 1v1 one one in the midfield with Junior, Moses and Paul. That was the adjustment to have more freedom uh, up front with Kevin and Ola and then have more opportunities in transition. And I think it was the right the right change to do. I already tried to do it during the first half. Uh, on halftime, it was a lot more clear for the players and, and we saw the results during the second half. We'll go to Sarah Kalassi. Sarah. I'm sorry, I was still muted. Congratulations again, coach. I had a question about Andy Nahar and his goal. Uh, I wanted to know what your feeling was seeing him score that goal. It was his first in black and red in a very long time. And we saw a really beautiful celebration afterward as well. No, it's beautiful to see the progress of a player like Andy from where he's coming and where he is right now, scoring an important goal uh, that provides us uh, three points. Um, but I think Andy is the best example um, of how this team has uh, developed and has grown the last couple of months, uh, how we were when we came back after that long break due to COVID and where we are right now. 16 finals to go. I told them to the players that we need to stay calm, that we need to stay humble um, because there is a lot, a lot to come and a lot of hard games to come. Um, but well, we are one point distance from, from the third place. We already have kind of a gap with, with the, the, the teams uh, below us and we need to keep on working. I, I believe there are still things that we, that we can get better and um, it's important to stay humble and stay hungry uh, um, because this team uh, is a tough team to play against and, and I really like to be their coach. So. All the progression you see on Andy is the same progression that you see in the whole team, and I'm very proud of to see that. We'll do one more question, Coach Mario Amaya. Hola, Hernán. Felicitaciones en la por la victoria. Solo quiero preguntar a uh, cómo te sientes ya después de varios partidos donde uh, varias semanas donde han jugado part dos partidos cada semana, tener una semana de descanso antes de tu próximo partido ante Nashville. Estoy muy cansado, eh, muy, muy cansado. Ha sido una semana agotadora. Todos los chicos necesitan un break. Estamos dándolo todo en cada partido. No tenemos tanto recambio, tenemos muchos jugadores lesionados que todavía estamos esperando que regresen, como Edison Flores, como Donovan Pines, que también ha regresado del equipo nacional lastimado. Eh, así que, bueno... Necesitamos un break, por eso lunes y martes será libre para los jugadores. Y bueno, es una competición muy dura, donde se juegan muchos partidos, donde hay muchos viajes y hay que saber juntar fuerzas y tener planes de juego muy inteligentes para poder presionar en los momentos justos, para poder estar en un bloque organizado en los momentos justos y este equipo está creciendo colectivamente y sabe muy bien, muy bien cuándo cuando hacer cada cosa y me gusta cómo el equipo está creciendo, lo maduro que fue hoy durante el segundo tiempo. Así que bueno, 
muy, muy contento, pero estoy, estoy muy cansado y creo que necesitamos que los chicos que están lesionados comiencen a recuperarse para poder tener más rotación y más opciones a la hora de jugar los partidos. Zach, I would like to say one more thing. I really, I really believe that the, the fault on Kevin Paredes is a straight red card. It's a brutal fault and that was only punished with a yellow card. So I hope the league starts to protect those kind of players like Kevin, uh, like they used to protect all the DPs. Well, Kevin Paredes is it's, uh, one of our DPs, maybe not on paper, but he shows that every single weekend and every time he needs to play. And that was a brutal fault that needs to be punished. So I hope uh, they start to protect our offensive players a lot better. Thank you, coach. Appreciate it. That was DC United head coach Hernan Lasada. Um, I think I say this every week, but I absolutely love his passion. He is so sharp, and I just I love how much he speaks his mind to say, no one asked me about this, but I really want to talk about it in talking about that uh, Kevin Paredes foul. And um, Black actually made the comment that Paredes is a foul merchant, which um, he was, he's been drawing him left, right, and center. Yeah. Um, but a lot, a lot to go over right there. Black, what stuck out to you about what Hernan had to say? Yeah, you know, starting with the, the last piece, uh, I think we've very much shown that we are uh, fully in the Kevin Paredes camp. And, uh, <laughs> I think it's interesting to have uh, Coach Asada describing him uh, like that. And, you know, frankly, it, it, it's, you know, certainly playing well beyond what you'd expect from a homegrown player. Uh, you're getting production out of him that you would expect from a player many years a senior and certainly more experienced. So uh, he's starting to border on the uh, area of getting a, a fine. Let's talk about Lasada's comments there. Uh, not quite getting to the level of criticizing the officiating, but uh, if Kevin <laughs> continues to pick up knocks the way that he's been. And remember, Kevin missed a extended period of time with injuries into the last season going into this season. And it's hard to blame uh, Coach Lasada for wanting to, to protect him there. Yeah, I, I think he, he's 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 definitely walked that line all year, and, <laughs> and and you know I I don't think he blamed any individual person. He, he was just saying in general that, well, he, he said the foul was bad, which I think is you're well within your rights to, to say that if a foul was you know you perceive dangerous, and then he he didn't name the official or anything. He just said like I want our players to be protected, and and that's a general thing, and and I think that's fair to bring up, and it, it is kind of stark to to hear him say that Kevin Paredes is a, is a DP for us, not because, I mean, I don't think he's that talented, but that's that's reserved. No, I'm saying I do think he is that talented. Oh, okay. Not because I, I don't think he's that talented, okay. but I think because there, there's only three players on the team that can be a DP. So I, I think, I'm not saying that he's saying that Kevin Paredes is a top three player on this team, but I, I've seen some activity on Twitter with people saying that he is, and uh, he might be, and <laughs> it would yeah, we want that guy protected. We he he draws so many fouls all the time. Uh, I, I like the shot from the coach to protect his player. Yeah, I mean, far be it to me for to get us off of Kevin Paredes for a minute. Um, but you know, he also mentioned Ola and mentioned that he's our only true number nine, um, and that there's really an intentionality around managing his minutes and managing his health and making sure that he does stay healthy. Um, and there was also a lot have excuse me has been a lot of talk on Twitter about the fact that we didn't really utilize the transfer window. So what did you all make kind of of that background knowledge and then how he gave Ola that shout out of really being the only one who can get it done for us at top? It's tough. Yeah, I, you know, go ahead, Black. When you're, go ahead. 
Well, <laughs> you know, talking about OWAT, uh, first of all, never let a coach tell you that uh, they're not tracking the stats. You know, Lasada yeah. was very quick to, to correct and point out that OWAT had 10 goals in the year, uh, not just the eight or the nine that the, the questioner asked. So uh, that aside, I think it's interesting to talk about how the team only has one true number nine and that you're trying to manage him and make sure that he's available when you are wanting to play with a nine. So I do wonder, there's kind of a disconnect there between uh, what the team wants to do and what the team has observed they need and what they have. Uh, again, they've, they've talked uh, to the media about you know, wanting to bring in the right player and making sure that it's a good fit and uh, all that stuff. But it would seem like uh, you would at least need somebody who can fill a similar role to what Ola offers. And Ola has been productive when he's been on the field. Uh, you know, we, <laughs> I remember having this conversation you know, back in the Miami game. Is, you know, is Ola turning a corner? And you know, lo and behold, he's uh, ripped off lots of goals over the, this last stretch of games and has really been a contributor. Just needs to, to be out there and doing it on the field. Yeah, it's tough because I, I I think they did try to address it. Like they brought in Roberta Bolivar. Maybe he's not there yet. They tried Sorga last year. He doesn't seem to be there yet either. And yeah, they haven't splashed the big money. There was rumors that they were going to get this this Minnesota player that from that was on loan from Boca. There was some weird weird MLS stuff going <laughs> on there. Uh, I I think we can say firmly that it's not happening anymore. The window closed. Like. And people were continuing rumors, but I, yeah. I, I think that one's done and dusted. It, it was super interesting to hear him say, I, I mentioned it earlier, that he's he's not playing a lot. I mean, he's not playing a 90 minutes every every time. And, yeah, maybe that's a factor that Roberta is not, well, not, not the same level and injured. And then Bolivar and Sorga are, are just, they're, they're loud on guys for now, and, and that's okay. Um, so it, it's going to be half a, you kind of have to do that. You kind of have to balance it and keep it on when you think he can grab the winner like it's, it's almost like um i mean hindsight's everything but it's almost like very intentional that Ola gets the minutes that he does and he scores the goals that he does he's being i think very well managed right now and i think uh, man i'm not gonna beat my drum here but i i, I, I said this people around mls who know his history knows that he can do this in this league and and the players don't just like give up once they come to dc united they need to be put in positions to succeed and i think that's what we're seeing with Ola right now yeah, I think that's uh, great. We're going to hear from Ola a little bit later in the presser, but I think now's a great time to turn. Um, we're going to hear from Tony Alfaro next. We'll go to Steve Goff first. Steve, go ahead. Tony, thanks for your time. Well, um, this team is in a pretty good place right now. How would you describe uh, the way things are going and, and how the confidence level um, seems to be rising with with each match. Yeah, I think uh, the team is really really coming along. You know, we're halfway through the season, but everybody, um, you know, everybody seems to be uh, putting in this collective effort, and I think we're all pretty happy with the way things are going so far. We'll go to Jason Anderson. Hi, Tony. Thanks for speaking with us, and congrats on the win. Thank um, you. Thank you. This year, we've seen. On the on in the back three, we've seen the guys that have been playing on the right side of it come forward quite a bit, uh, make an impact going forward tonight. You got to do that with the the pressure and the assist on uh, the game winner. Uh, how do you feel about that side of it? Because I know you know playing as a, a center back in a three, you don't really get too many opportunities on most teams to join the attack. 
Yeah. Um, I think that's part of um, the coach's tactics. You know, um, he, he wants us to really high press and he, he gives us that freedom to get forward uh, whenever we need. So his thing is if we have to press super high up the field, you know, we're going to do it. We have enough cover in the back. Um, so I think it comes from, from the tactics and uh, the way team is playing, you know, uh, he has a setup where we can be super offensive at times, but uh, at the same time, we know we have a lot of cover in the back. We'll go to Dennis Gomez. Dennis. Buenas noches, Tony. Felicidades por el gane de hoy. ¿Qué te pareció, bueno, al medio tiempo, qué le dijo el profe para salir a buscar la victoria el día de hoy? Y bueno, felicitarte también por la asistencia. Sí, sí, bueno, buenas noches. Muchas gracias por su tiempo. Este, la verdad, a medio tiempo nosotros sabíamos que, que, que veníamos dominando el partido, ¿no? Éramos, eran cositas que teníamos eh, que mejorar el segundo tiempo, como tener el balón, este, no, eh, no perder el balón tanto, ¿no? Así que él nos dijo que, que tenemos que seguir metiendo presión porque al nosotros meter presión ellos, ellos iban a cometer errores, que fue lo que pasó eh, en el segundo gol, ¿no? Eh, fuimos a presionar ganamos el balón ya tres cuartos de cancha y, y fue, fuimos afortunados de meter el gol. Tony, one more question. We'll go to Jose Umaña. Hey, Tony, congrats on the result. Um, coach mentioned uh, that, you know, he's feeling a little tired with all these games and it's going to be good to get some rest. How, how's the feeling in the locker room with all these games that have been coming up like twice a week? And how good is it to have like this time off to just get healthy again? It's important, you know, it's, it's tough for us as players to, you know, play three games in a week. Um, but, but I think that that just explains the energy and, and uh, the hunger everybody has, you know, that no matter what, we have three games in a week or six games in two weeks, whatever it is, you know, we're always going to fight. And, and I think it is important now that we have, uh, you know, some time off to, to recharge batteries and, you know, to, to go again when, when we have to. Tony, that's it, man. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, guys. That was D.C. United defender Tony Alfaro. Um, pretty short, but I, th I thought there was quite a bit there, I, uh, especially in that last question. You know, we've heard Hernan really you know, throw some punches at the MLS schedule and um, how quickly we sometimes have to turn around between games. And I thought that was an interesting perspective that Alfaro was able to give. What do you all think? There, there was a bit there, uh, and my Spanish is by no means great, but I know it's better than <laughs> Sam's. Uh, the last question that Lozada answered was about about the having a normal week uh, right, in, this, in this next <laughs> uh, And so he, he mentioned, uh, or not mentioned by name, Flores maybe and, and Donovan Pines, who just got back from Gold Cup and, and all those guys. And those are the guys that, like, haven't been playing. <laughs> the guys that have been playing, I'm sure, are even more exhausted, even more tired. I, I, yeah, it's, it's been tough, and I – I think DC United. I mean, it's kind of they were doing great on the on this on this back to back to back kind of system. It'll be it'll be interesting. Hopefully, they come out firing still with a little bit more you know fresh <laughs> freshness in the legs. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely got that. As a player, you just got to be ready for it, right? It's, it's a little bit the coach's job to complain about it, um, but as a player, you just have to get yourself fired up because the game's coming regardless of how you feel about it. Um, so it seemed like in the locker room, at least, there's um, hopefully some positivity around and guys just getting really fired up to be able to perform on the field. Uh, Black, what did you get from it? Yeah, I, I think I agree with y'all. Uh, talking about 
the scheduling congestion, you know, you know what the schedule is from the beginning of the year. You can, you know, map out and see exactly how many games you're going to be cranking out. And you knew it was going to be crowded with Gold Cup and all the other uh, complications on it. Uh, and I think you saw that a little bit toward the end of the game last night. Uh, that last 10 minutes or so, uh, DC and I had very intentionally you know, kind of moved off of their high press and tried to shut the game down a bit. Uh, because, frankly, the guys were gassed, uh, you know, talking about trying to get people back off the injury list. I think some of the guys who were out there last night just need a break. Not uh, not that their play had diminished significantly, but yeah. you could definitely tell that uh, the effects of playing a lot of games in succession starting to catch up to you. And when you play a system like we play and you uh, have the challenges that we have, uh, that's just going to exacerbate it. So it couldn't have come at a better time, in my opinion. Yeah, and before we transition away, I, I got to get it in. I mentioned it earlier, but I, I think this was one of Tony Alfaro's best games uh, that I've seen him in DC United. And, and talking about, you know, maybe we didn't, we, we, we tried to swing, you know, and get some deals at, at the strike position and they're maybe not quite ready yet. They, you could have said the very same about Tony Alfaro coming into this. His, his resume was, you know, not great. He had <laughs> been in the league before, but he had also left. And then he was kind of in Liga MKA, but like, not a real contender or, or, you know, lockdown starter in that league either. And so, it, it, yeah, it, that's kind of a, a blessed because he came on the night and, and yeah, his pressing, but he also had a, a bunch of good stops in the back. I, I just want to say it's great to have this depth, you know, when Donovan Pines can't go um, for whatever reason and, and then Tony steps in and, and plays and was one of the players of the game, I guess. Uh, it's awesome to see. Yeah, absolutely. We're about to hear um, from our last player, another player of the game, really, uh, DC United forward Ola Kamara. That's on the goal and the three points, man. Thank you. All right, we'll jump in. We'll go to Steve Goff. Ola, thanks for your time. Um, what uh, Ernan said that uh, he, he talked with you at halftime. Uh, he said he, he didn't think you had a good first half, but he, he was confident that you would you would come out and, and, and find your way uh, in the second half. Um, is that true? Uh, do you agree with his assessment? Um, and, and how do you think you, uh, you performed early in the second half? I mean, of course, like I, I know I, I didn't have a good first half, you know, but it, it's still, when it's 1-1 as the number nine, you know, you can change the whole momentum of the game by a small moment. And that's, my, that was my focus in, in, in the break. He came to me and said, "Like you only need one, you only need one," and and he was right. So it was a good, good feeling, of course, uh, to, that he gave me that confidence that he he believes in me too. You know? We'll go to Jason Anderson. Hi, Ola. Congrats on the goal and the win. Um, looked a little similar to a goal you've scored at Audi Field right after you got here. Um, I wanted to know how this one stacks up for you as far as goals you've scored since you came to DC. Is this one like a, a standout, or, or is there another that's like a top of the top of the table for you? I think uh, first one against Red Bull is is a better hit, uh, and maybe the one in Miami is also better finishing. But I, I like that it was a quick assessment. I saw the goalkeeper in the first half kind of moving a little bit further to the post because he wanted to to play in possession so I was thinking if, if I get one chance and we break uh, somehow and in some moment I have to turn quick and do it and I'm very happy that I followed my instinct and actually did you know and when I saw the corner or the goal was that side was kind of open I just 
it was instinct. So it was a good feeling, you know. It, feeling wise, it's one of the best ones. Because now we're on a positive vibe, you know. It's 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 very really important in MLS when you got a little bit of momentum that you can really like continue that momentum because it's it's huge in this league. We'll go to Jose Umania. Hey, Ola. First off, congrats on the goal. S secondly, on that, the, the momentum, can you describe a little bit about or can you explain what about the offense this year is allowing not just you but others to score more opportunities? And you guys seem to be well-connected. And, and Hernan talks about how you guys have really, really gotten onto the, his strategy. What is it about this team's and the offensive nature you guys are playing that makes you guys so well gelled together? I think, of course, it's a, it's a commitment to the playing style, and it's very clear how we're playing. And it's also that we always want to get, go forward. In training, we're always doing the same same stuff. Everybody's always looking forward when we win the ball. So we're always, I think, moment, or mentally, we're always focused on going fast and quick and trying to score goals. And I think when you have that mentality, I think everybody sees that we want to win, we want to score goals. And when we have a good moment like we're having now, I think people can see that goal, the goals are coming as well, you know? Last question, we'll go to Dennis Gomez. Hey, Ola, congrats on the win and the, the goal tonight. Uh, just to ask you, what did it feel to score against your former club this past Wednesday? And what have you done differently to have a successful season uh, this year? Oh, I mean, of course, it was a special feeling play, playing against Columbus, especially in their new stadium. Uh, but of course, when you play your old club, you you wanna you wanna show show some qualities. That was a, a good feeling. Uh, always important to get two goals, and now today getting in that another one. I'm now getting up to the double digits. So if you stay on nine for a longer period of time, you know that can get into your head. So it's nice to kind of get a double digit directly. Uh, what was the second question? Um, what have you done differently this year to uh, in the past seasons to be to be able to have a, a successful season? I think it's it's uh, has had a little bit of looking myself in the mirror and put my ego to the side a little bit. I have to work hard. Um, I did the off season. I I didn't go home. I stayed here for four months, just training in the gym, and we're here six seven hours all the time. So I didn't have a real vacation I need I needed to get in real real shape and then of course I think the way we're playing now suits my playing style so it's a, a combination of two things I think you sometimes Ola, you need so to much. deserve your luck oh thanks so much buddy we appreciate it that was uh, DC United number nine, Ola Kamara. Um, very positive, very, you know, humble, but high spirits, which you love to see. You, you could really hear the MLS veteran in there. I, I, and I thought about that early in the interview, and then he kept, like, hitting on things. Like, oh, I worked out for hours all summer. Yeah. And, and like, oh, I, I didn't want to get stuck on nine. Like, th those are those are real things. I mean, and then he finally wrapped it up by saying that the team's tactics kind of fitted him and or fit him a little bit better than they did last year or, you know, the, the, the lack of tactics <laughs> last year probably hurt him too um but man I, i'm so excited and, and yeah we i'll hit on it while while it's fresh in everyone's minds but the 10 goals is is it's been a while guys uh i think wayne rooney was the last person to hit double goals and uh, while Olaf's hit a lot of penalties uh, i think wayne probably had hit more <laughs> at the at that point um 
and then before that it's like emilio which is which is way <laughs> too long uh so uh, it's super exciting, and there's there's plenty of season left. And yeah, if as long as we don't have to manage his minutes too much, I I, I think we could see uh, 15 or, or or more from him. Uh, yeah, maybe even 20. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> just to go back, sh- shush, um, just to go back um, to to the tactical part, um, you know, playing so many games in such a short stretch can be a real detriment. But I also think momentum is huge, and we that really carried us through the games. And the way that everyone talks about tactics in these press conferences has shifted a little bit from how it was at the beginning of the season. It's no longer necessarily about learning and the entire team trying to get cohesive. You know, there, there are subtle shifts to now we know it and we're kind of able to fine tune and um, we're able to work as a team to be able to press in the way that Ernan wants. And then at the end of the game, as we've mentioned um Earlier in this pod, you know, they, they were able to sit back a little bit and as a team understand what they needed to do to close out the game, which I think is just great progress for halfway through the season um, and really hitting our stride going into the second half. Yeah, and I thought you got an in- a very interesting look into kind of the mindset and how Kamara approaches the game. You know, he was talking about how he, at one point early in the game, he saw that the keeper was shading a little bit over, so if he got an opportunity that he might, you know, try that curler that ended up resulting in the goal and then, you know, seizing it at the moment, you know, I feel like a lot of times we're watching these guys and thinking, well, you know, they're superior athletes. They just happen to just do whatever's in front of them. But there's that, that level of thought that goes into saying, okay, well, you know, this is the preparation we did. This is what we're trying to do building up to it. This is what I'm seeing in the game as it's going along. And then having the skill to be able to execute on, on what you're seeing uh, is fantastic. And, you know, his final comment there talking about earning your luck, uh, you know, you certainly appreciate the, uh, sometimes, you know, it's a cruel game and uh, you can get had on things that uh, had nothing to do with uh, your preparation. But uh, if you put yourself in a situation where you can uh, create opportunities and finish them, then you're going to be that much better off. Now, we do need to pause the Ola Lopez for a second because he missed a sitter coming across on a, uh, a pass from Julian. It was it was a bit hard, you know. It took, would have required a quick reaction, but uh, he probably should have had two yesterday. And we've talked about that before. You know, it's hard to get on a man too much who's scored nine goals in nine games or eight goals in eight games or whatever the number is. But uh, I think it just shows that the opportunities are there, and if he continues to take them. Uh, we're, we're going to be uh, in a happy place coming into the season. Yeah, that's a good point. I think we'd be maybe rivaling the Revs if he had put away the other half of the chances, right? <laughs> and yeah, that, that's that's criticism. And, and I'll, I'll acknowledge John just hit me up because I I, I did dog on him a little bit because he was bad last year, and I, I think that there was a little bit of wisdom there. Maybe not. He didn't say bad himself, but he acknowledged that there was some work to do, and 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 he's shown better, and and I, I hope he continues and. Yeah, man, if he can start finish these other chances, then maybe 20 is not the limit. But uh, talking about, <laughs> like, how the game is cruel, uh, the, the, the shot cross that ends up going in, obviously a mistake. I, I, I think that one was could could have easily been saved. Bill he was injured in Columbus. He's going to be out five to six weeks. Luckily, it'll be, like, a week and a half till our next game. So that, that time's going by. But we're going to have to play some games without Bill. And uh, Kimpin didn't have too much to do yesterday and when he had something to do he kind of let it go in the net what are you guys thoughts how are we feeling about Kimpin in the back black i'll let you go first so how many times have i told you that bill's worth the gold game <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically now, every game 
is Bill capable of getting caught on that as well? Certainly. But there is something to be said for you know having the, the time in the net and the time on, on the field, knowing where you're at and not having the ball go over you. It very much felt like the kind of situation where he was so much expecting the cross that he had already kind of committed to it and then uh, didn't read what the ball was actually doing. Yeah. And now I'm sure the Montreal player will tell you that that was you know, what he saw all along and, and hit it exactly like that. Uh, we can't prove him wrong. But, uh, <laughs> it, it, it had a very interesting trajectory for uh, if it was a, a shot. But uh, as far as you know, moving forward, uh, the coach talked about how Kempin has earned a earned a spot on the field and earned uh, his his role out there. Uh, and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for that. Uh, I'm also equally confident that when Bill's fitness is back and, and actually back, I don't think they're going to rush him back. I don't think they're going to you know say, hey, we've got a 75% healthy Bill out there, particularly with his injury history. Uh, they'll get him back when he needs to be back. Uh, but I'm looking forward to having that, that team leader out there uh, back between the sticks. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard, right? It, I think it would have been hard for any keeper. Um, I don't know that there's anyone I could say definitively would have saved that because you're right, it, w- it was a weird angle. Uh, keeper always would have expected something different, but I do think that that is where um, your experience comes in and you're a little bit quicker on your feet and you're a little bit possibly able to get back a little faster and just tip it over the bar. Um, so not necessarily solely on Kempen, but would have loved to have seen a little bit more in that situation and like Joshua said there, there weren't a whole lot of other um, situations in the game I mean he was kind of dribbled around at one point um, and Julian Gressel got back and I don't think he actually blocked the save I think the the shot just yeah, went yeah. wide but he absolutely was in the player's mind taking the shot right it, like um, it would have been in the back of the net without a doubt I think had uh, Julian not been there so a, a couple of shaky moments from John um but again, hopefully just getting those minutes and, and, you know, having maybe some other key figures in the back line coming back will, will help sturdy that situation a little bit. Um, Cause you're right. It's, you know, we have a little bit more stretches between games now, so it's not as many games that Bill's missing, but it's still quite a few and quite a few important ones. Yeah. I, I guess I can, the only thing I, I'm a little bit scared because it, you know, Bill is absolutely worth a goal a game. Um, but hopefully we can find a goalkeeper that's like worth a goal every one or two game or two or three <laughs> games like occasionally don't don't just gift them or, or you know occasionally just you know let's have it even but it seems like maybe Kimpin is is on the path to give one up a game but the the thing that I'm, I'm sure did is that uh if there's a problem or there needs to be a change of hands sites will probably be ready I, I mean we've seen he's he's been active on Twitter and we saw it early in the season when, when it was originally Sice's job filling in for Bill and and there was a big switch after after some shakiness and, and and so if we see shakiness this time we'll have sights and, and that's not uh, i feel a little bit better than that than than maybe previous dc united you know goalkeeping rosters yeah um so yeah we i i don't expect too many clean sheets with with Kimpin in the back and that's okay because we can score goals now and and if it goes terribly we, we also have sights so i i feel good about the situation and i'm wishing the best for john there yeah i was a little bit surprised to, to see John over Chris um but again obviously things are happening in practice and I mean that's not necessarily in concrete for the next game right so we'll just have to see um how that goes but you definitely you like um competition in any position I think when Bill's healthy that competition is maybe a little bit more um 
there's a little bit more widespread <laughs> of expectations of actually starting when Bill is ha- uh, healthy, but I'd, I'd love to see them battling it out and possibly seeing some switches. Yeah, I got to credit the question there because that was uh, some random guy in the, in the chat, John Lee's question. Thanks for the question, John. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are ridiculous. Um, okay, so I feel like we um, have really delved into this game. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, DC United is, is fun to watch again, <laughs> which is always, always good. Um, so I think it's it's coming to that time of the pod to award our man of the match. Um, DC United gave it to Ola Kamara last night and then MLS put Andy Nahar on their team of the week um, which is super exciting but Joshua I'll go to you first oh man I have the most to say so I'm gonna steal all of the thunder uh, <laughs> Alfaro again one of his best games I don't know if he was the man of the match but again I think he deserved shouts for that uh, Julian Gressel on this team is amazing uh, past my fandom and everything the guy gets forward and creates chances and, and then yeah like you mentioned he sprinted all the way back t- to be there to to block a shot. And, and I think, yeah, you're right. He, he was definitely in that guy's head. And he also has other defensive ones. Like, he's a solid defensive player and one of the best creators from his position. And, and I just – it's always evident. And, and he's been one of the more consistent players for DCI this year, even though he's been frustrated at times. And, you know, <laughs> and, and thankfully, finally, someone finished one of his chances. Andy Nahar, who I'm going to give my man of the match to, just because of what he's done for this team uh, as far as his movement from the back, I, I think – Talking about Alfaro mentioned how how they're given a little bit of more license and that's really embodied by Nahar. Um, he gets forward and then yeah, we we love to see one of Julian's chances put away. So so mainly for that and, and for coming back and scoring and the beautiful storyline. Andy Nahar is my man of the match. All right, Michael. Yeah, I think that's a great shot. I think you know Andy is starting to put up those performances week in week out. Uh, you're starting to expect him to, to dazzle when he's uh, going forward, you know, whether it's, you know, tapping the ball around a man between the legs. Uh, he's, you know, he almost takes you right the way every time he, he gets it out there. Uh, I thought he had a great game and obviously a great finish. Uh, I think for me, my man of the match is, is going to be Julian Gressel. I thought you had great play out of all the guys in the wings. Uh, I thought Kevin in particular early was getting a lot of opportunities. And I think Paul was really finding those incisive passes in the first half. I think in the second half, you started to see that uh, he started to run out of gas a little bit. Uh, and the way that Paul plays, he's got to be able to go uh, all out all the time. And when that starts to go, it, it's it's a challenge. But fortunately, we have depth there. But for me, you know, Julian Gressel had you know, beautiful service in, had you know, those defensive responsibilities that we talked about, getting all the way back. Uh, he really had a complete game. And you could tell that he was also gassed at the end. I think we looked at each other and said, you know, after a tackle, I think the 88th or 89th minute was like, you know, this is, this is what I've got left and he's going to go in there and, and make it happen. Uh, so I thought Julian had a great game and uh, happy to give him my man match. You got Sam. Awesome. Yeah. You guys left it wide open for me. I was between two. You took Andy Nahar. So I'll revert back. to. It's <laughs> not how this works. It is how it works. So <laughs> uh, I feel like when multiple people deserve a shout, you got to give them all a shout. Um, I thought Kevin was great last night. Uh, definitely uh, pulling all those fouls. Um, he's been really good at that. Um, really knowledgeable because um, a couple of them, I think in the third minute, right? The very first one, he, he tried to do a move, got fouled, and kind of like stuck his tongue out to someone else on the team. Like definitely intentionally drew that foul, um, got a pretty early yellow out of it, um, and then halfway through the game was able to shift both mid-game and then get um, those more in-depth conversations at halftime and still really make an impact. 
Um, I thought he's he's just continued to grow. I love that um, not only DC United fans, but people around the league are really starting to see it. Um, so, yeah, always a fun shout. <laughs> Um, yeah, there, there's an art to draw to drawing fouls and you know, Kevin starting to develop a bit. Uh, you know, a lot of the time he was matched up on a guy who looked like he probably had 50 pounds on him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it makes it a little bit easier to fall down in that case. And he was also the victim of a, a real horror tackle yeah. that I think we saw several people, uh, including ourselves, again, from across the field, wonder whether it might not be worthy of a straight red. But uh, and Kevin's certainly uh, starting to learn the dark arts there, whether it's... Uh, deserved or not he's uh you know playing the game to his fullest yeah yeah but he's got the skills to back it up so (laughs) he's not just a player flopping all around um so we have a lot of soccer coming up um loud and united is playing at charleston on friday at 7 30 oh man i think (laughs) the 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 goal differential in that matchup this season is probably like it's also double digits to like a lot kamara's goal scoring (laughs) tally I, i think it's I don't know. I think I think Loudon got some back, but it, it's been pretty one sided. I don't I don't know if Loudon's got one over Charleston this year. I can keep a, a good eye on that one. Well, uh, we'll but see. it should be fun. Friday, <laughs> we'll see on Friday. Yep. Um, and then the Washington Spirit are at Houston on Friday for a Houston home game this time, um, and that's Friday at eight thirty. Um, they unfortunately lost to Portland one nothing on Saturday, um, but hopefully they'll be able to turn it around on Friday. Um, and then our big big game coming up on Sunday DC United are at Nashville um, and we're super excited because three of the four of us are um, will be at the game we're very excited to be traveling to Nashville for the first time for a soccer game um, should be super fun we've got a big house I know a bunch of different supporters are going um, so hopefully we'll all be able to meet up and just have a good time and hopefully we'll be uh, creating some content for you <laughs> Um, but I did want to highlight, um, you know, we were talking earlier on the podcast about really coming in clutch with those wins for those teams who are in and around us on the table. Um, we mentioned it a couple times. I just wanted to outline the table for everybody. Um, so New England is in first place with 40 points, as we mentioned, pretty much running away with uh, the Eastern Conference at this point. And the league. Like. Yeah. Um, Orlando City is in second with 30. And then New York City, Philadelphia, and Nashville all tied for third with 28 points. Right after them, you've got uh, yours truly, D.C. United, with 27 points. So, again, a a big match this uh, Sunday against Nashville, um, possibly leaping them in the table, um, putting some more distance also between us and the playoff line. Um, Sorry, behind us, you've got Columbus in seventh with 24, and then Montreal outside of the playoffs with 23 um, so we're definitely extending that gap between us and the playoff line, which which only means go, good things going down the stretch. Yeah, and, and the Red Bulls are all the way down the well. So, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're good. yes, <laughs> which we yeah, love it's to see. Be interesting. Yeah, yeah, taking on this this Nashville team coming off of a uh, a late loss against a oh, yeah. hapless Miami team. Uh, yeah, that that's the, the kind of goal that. It, it hurts to give up. You know, we saw uh, with our game against NYCFC, and obviously DC United has managed to turn around since then. But uh, it will be interesting to see how Nashville comes out playing at home. Uh, it, it'll be a challenge. You know, they're what their second season, and uh, certainly a team that's uh, on or ahead of schedule as far as what you'd expect from them. So, looking forward to it, and hope you all have a great time enjoying uh, all that Nashville has to offer. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. We're still going to try to convince you for that last minute plane ticket. (laughs) 
Uh, but yeah, that'll be a fun one. Um, check us out on uh, Twitter. We'll keep you all updated about when we're going to bring you uh, that game show. Obviously, with the travel logistics, um, we're going to do our best to get back to our regularly scheduled right after the game programming as soon as possible. Um, appreciate y'all, you know, bearing with us as these scheduled changes come up. Um, and just love y'all listening. Love the support we get. We love when you come say hey um, during the game, during tailgates, whatever. I wanted to give a shout out to Omar and uh, who I assume was his son, but the, the young dude next to him um, last night leaving the stadium. Um, thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for saying hey. Um, we hope everyone enjoys it. Uh, hopefully you all can, you know, interact with us online. Let us know what y'all are thinking. Um, Joshua, you want to remind them to. Uh, yeah, just come say hey button. to us if we're in Nashville. <laughs> if you're in Nashville, too, come say hey. And no, do whatever you want on YouTube. You're adults. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so I think that's everything. Y'all have any last parting words? Vamos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, again, thanks so much for listening. Uh, this has been Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken.